11. Were it not for the golden gleam of C-3PO's head bobbing along through a forest of feathery antennae as he questioned their guide about the colony languages, Leia would never have been able to tell which scarlet-headed insect they were following. The route back to the hangar was swarming with the kind, and at least half of them were Yagoi, proud and bustling and identical in every way she could see, to the guide that had been assigned to escort them. The passage took a sharp bend, and Leia lost sight of C-3PO. Waving the others to follow, she started to walk faster. What's the hurry? Han said, catching her by the arm. We could use a few minutes alone. Alone? Leia tipped her head at the steady stream of insects clattering past. Take a look around. Han was careful to avoid doing as she suggested, but gave a little shudder anyway. You know what I mean. Without Raynar's spy listening in, I've got a plan. Plans are good, Saba agreed from the back of the group. But we don't want to look suspicious, Mara said. She waved the group forward again, and they set off with Leia and Han in the lead, Luke and Mara next, and Saba bringing up the rear. Let's keep moving while we talk. I'm pretty sure I can talk June into giving us a copy of that list of nests on his data pad and any charts he does have on the colony, Han said. Between you and your Jedi senses, it shouldn't take us that long to figure out where Jaina and the others are. After all, Raynar practically told us where to look, a light year or so from the frontier. If he was being honest, Mara said, he was always clever. But now, we should be careful. This new Raynar is a lot more formidable than the kid we remember. I have a feeling he's already ten steps ahead of us. And that's why we should accept his offer to stay on Yagoi for a while, Leia said. They rounded the bend in the corridor, and Leia spotted C-3PO's golden head fifteen meters ahead, far enough away that no matter how good the guide's ears were, it should be impossible to eavesdrop over the clicking and thrumming that filled the passage. We need to learn as much about Raynar and the colony as he knows about us. We know enough, Han grumbled. We know that Raynar joined mines with a bunch of bugs, and that if we don't get Jaina and Jason and the others soon, the same thing's going to happen to them. Han, we have time, Luke said. A Jedi's mind is not easily dominated. Oh yeah? Han glanced back. Raynar was a Jedi. A much younger and inexperienced Jedi. And a grievously wounded one, Mara said. Luke and Leia are right. We need to answer some questions before we go. Yes, Saba said. This one would like to know why they are lying about the Dark Jedi. Mara nodded. I noticed that too. Even I picked up on it, Han said, but I don't see what difference it makes to finding Jaina and the others. That's what we need to find out, Leia said. Han's mind ran as straight as a laser bolt when he was worried about his children, and she loved him for it. Trust me, we're better off knowing if Lomi and Welk are mixed up in this. And we need to talk to Raynar some more, Luke added. I don't want to leave him here like that. I'm sure Silgal knows someone who can repair that burn damage. 
That choice may not be ours, Saba said. He is the heart of the colony. This one does not think the kind will let him go easily. Even if he wanted to, which he won't, Mara said. Power is addictive, and he's the king bee of a galactic empire. If power was the only appeal, we might have a chance, Leia said. The passage divided about 12 meters ahead, and C-3PO and the guide vanished down the right branch without looking back. But Raynar is responsible for the colony. It wouldn't exist without him, and he won't abandon it lightly. Now I really have a bone to pick with those dark Jedi, Han said, and with Raynar too. Why couldn't he just let bugs act like bugs? Because he's a Jedi. Luke sounded almost proud. He was trained in our old tradition to serve life and protect it wherever he found the need. Yeah, well, he won't be protecting much life when that border conflict gets out of hand, Han said. Yes, now many more lives are at risk, Saba said. Nature is cruel for a reason, and Raynar has upset the balance. The law of unintended consequences, Mara said. That's why it's better not to intervene. A modern Jedi would have held himself apart and studied the situation first. And we're sure that's a good thing? Leia asked. She was as surprised as anyone to hear herself asking this question, for the war had hardened her to death in a way that she would not have believed possible 20 years before. But the war was over, and she was tired of death, of measuring victory not by how many lives you saved, but how many you took. How many beings would have died while modern Jedi studied the situation? Luke's confusion filled the force behind her. Does it matter? A Jedi serves the force, and if his actions interfere with the balance of the force, I know, Leia said wearily. I just miss the days when it was all simple. Sometimes she wondered whether the tenets of this new Jedi Order were an improvement or a convenience. She worried about what had been sacrificed to this new god, efficiency, about what had been lost when the Jedi abandoned their simple code and embraced moral relativism. They came to the divide in the passage and started down the right-hand branch. C-3PO and the guide were waiting about five meters ahead. Burrub, burrub, burr, the guide droned. Yagoi asked that we please try to keep up, C-3PO translated. Rrr, burru, ub, rrr. And she politely suggests that you start your investigations at the crash. That way, you can see for yourself that Unu Thul is not lying about the Dark Jedi. Er, bub, er, babu, or anything else. Leia's stomach tightened in surprise, but she wasted no effort trying to figure out how the insect knew what they had been discussing. Instead, she smiled calmly and said, That sounds like an excellent idea, Yagoi. Thank you for the suggestion. By the time they reached the hangar a few minutes later, another Yagoi was waiting for them with a battered hover sled. Burnt, er, burr, up, it explained, pointing toward the shadow with one of its four arms. Burr, ooh. Oh dear, C-3PO exclaimed. It seems that when Yagoi attempted to collect Bin, Nana threatened to open fire. I apologize, Yagoi, Luke said, addressing the driver. 
But why were you trying to collect Ben? The driver drummed an excited explanation. Because you and Mistress Skywalker said it would be good for him to see the crash, C-3PO translated. He tipped his head, then added, As a matter of fact, Master Luke, I do recall hearing you say that only 1.7 minutes ago. Yes, but now, collective mind, Leia said, suddenly understanding how their guide had been eavesdropping on their conversation earlier. What one Yagoi hears, they all do, Han finished. Kind of a new twist on being bugged, isn't it? It certainly is, Leia said. As the constant stream of insects droned past, Yagoi had been eavesdropping on them one word at a time. She took Han's hand and stepped aboard the hover sled. As I said, we have a lot to learn about the colony. The others climbed aboard as well. They stopped at the shadow to pick up Ben and Nana, then began a harrowing ride. It was very nearly a flight. Through the congested avenues that wound through the skyscraping spires of the Yagoi nest. An hour later, they were still in the city, standing in a long line of insects and joiners outside the crash. The site seemed part tourist attraction and part shrine, with thousands of insects waiting patiently in line, looking across a low stone wall toward a wrecked light freighter. The crater slope was mottled with wadla and lyris and a dozen other kinds of flowers that Leia did not know, and the air was heavy with a vanilla tang of bond-inducing pheromones. Even the constant drone of several thousand drumming, ticking insect pilgrims had a strange soothing effect. Despite the ambience, Leia was growing increasingly uneasy. She felt as though the half-buried YV-888 were still burning down through the atmosphere, as though something huge were about to come crashing down atop her head, and the other Jedi felt it too. She could sense Luke's disquiet through the Force, and see Mara's wariness in the sudden economy of her gestures. Even Saba seemed tense, watching the surrounding insects out of the corner of her eye and testing the air with her forked tongue. Or maybe the Barabelle was just getting hungry. Leia stretched out into the Force, hoping to learn more, but reaching into the immense, diffused presence that pervaded the insect nests were like looking into a room filled with smoke. There was something going on, but it was impossible to tell what. The Skywalker solo group finally reached a gate in the stone wall, where their escort motioned them to stop and wait. Would anyone object to our visit, Yagoi? Leia asked. She still found it a little awkward to address every insect in the nest by the same name, but it certainly cut down on the need for introductions. I keep having the feeling we're not welcome here. Yagoi rumbled a reply. Yagoi assures you that your feeling is wrong, C-3PO says. Everyone is welcome to partake of the crash. Partake? Han asked. What are we going to do? Eat the dead? Ooboo, boo, Yagoi replied. Boo, boo, oo. There weren't any dead, C-3PO translated. She apologizes. Uh, thanks, Han said. But no need. I wasn't hungry. Leia felt a gentle tug through the force. She turned slowly and found herself looking at her sister-in-law's slender face. Do you think Ben is too young for this? Mara asked. Her green eyes slid toward her right shoulder, 
indicating to Leia that she was asking another question entirely. I don't want him to see anything that would scare him off space travel. I'm old enough, a small voice said from Luke's side. Nothing's going to scare me. That's a good question, Leia said, ignoring Ben's protest. I guess it depends on what we see. As Leia answered, she was looking past Mara's ear toward a large, single-colored insect ten places back in the line. So blue it was almost black, it stood nearly the height of a man, with short bristling antennae and barbed, sharply curved mandibles. She could not tell whether its huge, bulbous eyes were focused on the solo Skywalker party, but when her gaze lingered an instant too long, the creature slipped out of sight behind a tan and gray insect the size of a land speeder. We'll just have to keep an eye out, Leia said, and take off if it starts to look disturbing. How disturbing can it be? Han asked, clearly oblivious to what the two women were really talking about. This wreck is seven years old. I'll bet he's seen worse stuff on news vids. Every day, Ben agreed, clearly eager to be on their way before his parents changed their mind. He turned to their guide. Why are we standing here? I want to see the crash. The guide thrummed an explanation. Yagoi assures you that we'll see it soon, Master Ben, C-3PO said. But we must wait. R-r-r-r-r-r. The guide extended one of the lower hands to Ben. Oh, apparently it's our turn. Before Nana could stop him, Ben grabbed the insect's hand and dragged her up the slope at a sprint. Ben! Nana squawked, her repulsor-enhanced legs hissing as they propelled her enormous mass past Leia. Stay with the group. Mara shook her head, then turned to Han. You seem to be rubbing off on my kids, Solo. Were yours this headstrong? Han and Leia shared a glance, and they both nodded. Anakin, Han said. If I said no, he had to find out why. As Han spoke, a familiar sadness came to his face, and his eyes dropped. There was an awkward silence, while everyone wondered what to say next, and Leia finally began to understand why there seemed to be such a bond between her husband and their nephew. Like Anakin... Ben was headstrong, fearless, and curious, with a clever mind and a quick wit, and he insisted on dealing with life on his own terms. After a moment, Mara reached over and squeezed Han's forearm. I just hope Ben grows up to be as fine a man as Anakin was. Nothing could make me more proud. Thanks. Han looked up the slope, probably to disguise the glassiness that was coming to his eyes, then added, He will. They followed Ben to the rim, then found themselves looking into the bottom of the crater. Ten meters below sat a cockeyed box of heat-softened durasteel, somewhat flattened at the bottom and so covered in crawling insects that they could barely tell the vessel had landed bridged down. The hole was pocked with oblong holes made by plasma cannons, and there were several long, twisted rips that were probably the result of the crash itself. It looks like they flew through a plasma storm just leaving the Mirker system, Luke said. I'm surprised they made it out. Corellian engineering, Han said with pride. A CEC ship will keep going until it hits something. Not always a good thing, especially when that something is a planet, Leia said. 
She turned toward their escort, running her glance over the surrounding crowd and noticed several dark blue insects similar to the one she had caught watching them earlier. It seemed to her that their huge eyes were all looking toward the Solo Skywalker group, but that was hardly unusual. Most species of intelligent insect had an unsettling tendency to stare. Leia reached out to Luke and sensed that he had noticed the blue insects too, then asked their guide, what happened to the crew? The guide used an upper hand to point at the base of the ship where a pile of dirt lay slumped against the smashed bridge. Descending through the pile toward a jagged rent in the hole was a half-meter burrow that felt oddly familiar to Leia, as though she had seen it before or somehow knew where it led. An insect began a lengthy explanation, which C-3PO translated, This is where Yagoi found Raynar Thule. He was badly burned and barely alive. Leia forced her attention back to the guide and said, I mean what happened to the rest of the crew. She knew what Yagoi was going to say, that there had been no one else. But when confronted with an obvious lie, a good interrogator kept asking the same question in different ways, trying to find a seam that she could pry open to expose the truth. We know Raynar survived. A familiar touch came through the force, one that Leia knew instantly and certainly to be her son's, and she found herself looking away from their puzzled guide into the bottom of the crater. There, standing outside the burrow in a dirt and soot-stained flight suit, was Jason, or rather, a vision of Jason? The flyer's hole was still visible behind him, as was the mouth of the burrow. He smiled and said, Hello. The blood drained from Leia's head, and she had to grab Han's arm to steady herself. Jason's been here. What? Han peered into the crater. I don't see anything. Luke saved her the trouble of explaining. The Force, Han. She's having a vision. Han's voice immediately grew wary. Great. Just what we need. First, Force calls. Now, Force visions. Quiet, Solo, Mara said. Don't interfere. Jason said something Leia could not hear. Then a helmet and X-wing flute appeared in his hands. Jason? Leia said, frowning. I'm having trouble hearing you. Jason spoke again, but still she could not hear him. Jason? Leia felt the color drain from her face. How? You're not... I'm fine, Mom, he said. I'll see you soon. Uh-oh. Han said beside Leia. His hand tightened around her arm. Looks like someone's been listening. Leia glanced over and saw three more deep blue insects pushing through the crowd, gathering along the crater rim. They were clearly coming toward the Solo Skywalker group. But Leia was not ready to leave yet. Jason was still standing in the bottom of the crater, looking up at her. Koribu, he said, in the Gaiul system. Leia wanted to ask him to repeat it, to be sure she heard it correctly, but Han was pulling her away, following Nana down the crater slope through a swarm of astonished insects. Ben was in the droid's arms, while Luke, Mara, and Saba flanked her on three sides. Leia and Han were in the rear. It took Leia a moment to see why they had suddenly grown so concerned. More blue insects had appeared, pushing through the crowd from all directions, not really attacking, 
just clacking their mandibles and staring. The rest of the kind seemed unconcerned. They stepped aside politely, then continued to stare up at the crash. Leia drew her own lightsaber and activated it. 3PO, what are they saying? They're not saying anything that makes sense. They're just repeating, is it? Is it? Is? Their guide rumbled an explanation. What a relief. Yagoi says they're just curious about us. Bugs are never just curious, Han said. He drew his powerful Blastec DL-44, especially when they're hungry. A brub, a brew, rrr. They just want to see the crash. Then how come they're coming after us? Mara demanded. They reached the bottom of the slope and found the gate blocked by blue-black insects. Nana shifted Ben to one arm and opened the other at the elbow, revealing the built-in blaster cannon. That means move, Han said, stepping past Nana to confront the insects in front of them. The insects began to crowd forward to meet him. The other way, Han raised his blaster pistol and flicked the power setting from stun to lethal. Not yet, Han. Luke glanced in Han's direction, and Han's hand slowly fell to his side. Let me handle this. Then you'd better handle it quick, Leia said, looking back up the crater slope. Two dozen of the blue insects had emerged from the mass and were slowly creeping closer. It's getting crowded back here. Leia felt a brush of reassurance from Luke. Then an astonished booming erupted behind her. She glanced back to see several dozen insects hanging in midair, their legs and arms wiggling wildly as they attempted to make contact with the ground. The group began to move forward again, and she backed out of the gate under the dangling insects. Luke was standing to one side, holding his hands palms up above his shoulders. Not bad. Impressive, even. Luke winked at her then turned toward the rest of the blue insects, who were still attempting to follow. He lowered one of his hands and stretched it toward them, and the insects immediately began to back away, dipping their heads and clacking their mandibles. They're apologizing, Master Luke, C-3PO said. They didn't mean to make you feel hunted. No harm, Luke said. He waited until Leia, C-3PO, and their guide were passed then lowered the group of blue insects down inside the gate. As long as the feeling doesn't come back anytime soon. They followed Mara and Nana back to the lot where Yagoi had left their transport, then climbed aboard the battered hover sled. Their guide slipped behind the controls and turned her head all the way around to the passenger compartment, then thrummed a question. Yagoi asks what you would like to see next, C-3PO said. The Falcon. Han said, rrr er, ooh, boo boo. Yagoi suggests a stop at a Membrosia vault, C-3PO said. You seem rather tense. That's cause I am, Han growled. And getting, I think we've seen enough for one day, Leia said tersely. She could tell that the other Jedi shared the same feeling she did for they were still holding their lightsaber handles in their hands and scanning the surrounding area. I think we'd all like to go straight back to our vessel. Boo, boo, boo. The guide slipped the hover sled into motion so quickly that Leia and the others were knocked into their seats. 
and a moment later they were gliding onto a broad, traffic-choked boulevard flanked by looming insect spires. The uneasy feeling Leia had been experiencing only grew worse. She slid forward and leaned over the low wall separating the driver's compartment from the passengers. Yagoy, who were those blue insects? Boo-boo-bub. Burr. The blue kind who accosted us at the crash, C-3PO explained helpfully. Actually, they were more of a deep indigo if that helps. Boo-boo-burr-ub. Why, of course there are blue kind, C-3PO protested. We just saw them at the crash. Burr, ub, burr. What do you mean you don't remember that? C-3PO demanded. We all saw them. The street ahead suddenly grew clear, and the unease Leia had been feeling blossomed into full-fledged danger sense. Stop the hover sled, Leia cried. Mara's approach was more direct. She was already leaping over the driver's wall, wrestling the controls from the guide. She brought the hover sled to an instant halt, drawing a chorus of surprised oofs from Leia and the others. Not good, Han said coming forward. Bad even. These streets never, Leia did not hear the rest of Han's observation. For suddenly her danger sense was turning somersaults in her stomach and Mara was backing the hover sled up the street. When their guide protested and tried to retake the controls, Mara used the force to push the insect off the hover sled. Mom! Ben cried. You just dumped! A deafening crackle echoed through the spire tops. Then chunks of mosaic-covered wall began to rain down on both sides of the boulevard. Leia instinctively turned to protect Ben, but Nana already had him on the deck, shielding him with her laminanium-armored body. Luke and Sabo were standing beside the droid, using the force to push falling rubble away from the hover sled. Realizing that she still had a little honing to do before her instincts were up to full Jedi speed, Leia tipped her head back and began to look for chunks of falling building. Assailants at 40 degrees, Nanard reported. The droid's arm rose and opened at the elbow. The entire hover sled shuddered as the warrior nanny cut loose with her blaster cannon. Astral! Ben yelled, peering out from under her arm. Nana gently pushed his head back, then fired again. More pieces of wall crashed down in the street, and Leia glimpsed the inky shape of a half-dozen blue insects diving for the interior of the tower. Did you see that? Han raised his blaster pistol and began to fire in the dust. Criffing bugs! In the next instant, the hover sled pivoted around and started up the avenue, away from the ambush. They were trying to kill us, Han cried from the floor of the hover sled. He hauled himself up, and as Mara swung down a side street and left the billowing dust behind, caught Leia's eye. Can we try my plan? 